Hi, everyone. Welcome to the universe. I'm here with my co-host, Laura, Janet, Joella, and we have a special guest today, Diane Riddell, and she's going to talk to us about using phones or smartphones during courses and classes. And she's done some research about this, so we can't wait to hear what her results are. So, Diane, would you like to present yourself? Well, sure. My name is Diane Riddell. I'm actually a PhD candidate in the Department of Communication and a part-time professor. Um, I had a very long career, actually, in communications. So I worked in both the private and public sectors. Um, my own educational background is I have a degree in journalism. My BA is from Toronto Metropolitan University. I have a master's in communications management from Syracuse University in the United States, and I came to UOttawa in 2018. Right. And what are you doing here? Um, so my own research is on the experience of techno-stress of public relations practitioners. So that was the practice that I worked in, actually. Oh, right. So I'm actually looking at their experience with technology. When I did my master's, I looked at mental health in PR, um, because people who work in public relations have a tendency to um, work long hours. Yeah, 24-7. And use technology <laughs> a lot in their work. So I became interested in looking at, you know, the practice itself and how it's enacted and the people who work in it and what are the, the challenges that they face. And my supervisor for my PhD research is Luc Banville, who's also the lead researcher on this research on smartphone in the university classroom, it's a study for which um, he received a SHRC grant under the Insight Development Program. And I worked for um, two years, more or less throughout the period of the grant, to support this research as the research, one of the research assistants that worked on the, the study. Okay, and when you did this research, um, what period was it? Was it during COVID or? The survey itself was administered in the winter of 2021. So yes, in right. part during COVID. Right. And, you know, while we weren't specifically looking at the switch to remote work, what we found through the questions is that there were places where students commented on that. Oh. And we had some very interesting findings. Was there something specific that kind of attracted you to this particular subject? Well, because I'm studying technology as well, it was kind of a natural, natural mix. And um, I really am passionate about teaching myself and love to look at teaching from the point of view of the students as well and the experience that they have. And what was particularly attractive to me was that this research really looked at students as experts of right. their own use of technology and sought to understand what they do with their technology. Whereas so much of the research looks at it from the point of view of what technology does to people. And that's how we end up with, you know, articles that talk about, you know, all, st all students being addicted to their smartphones and, um, you know, there's uh, a lot of hoo-ha about this. So many headlines that say, you know, ask questions like, have smartphones destroyed a generation? Yeah. You know, I mean, there is research and evidence that shows that when smartphone use is pushed to the level where it is an what some people call an addiction, although smartphone addiction hasn't been described, it, 
in the literature or like in the official guidelines for psychiatrists and psychologists as an addiction in and of itself. Okay. But there's a lot of a lot of studies that look at things like internet addiction disorders uh, or you know excessive smartphone use. There's a whole body of literature around that. Um, and it does show that to a certain extent, you know, there is a relationship between smartphone use pushed to the extreme and things like, um, you know, depression or um, sleep or, um, you know, marks to right. the extreme. However, that's when it's pushed to the extreme. Yeah. And we didn't assume when we were going to talk to students that everyone was in that situation. And what made this um, study unique was that really we asked the students to tell us where so much of the coverage is what, you know, parents say or what other teachers say. You know, it, we felt that there was a, a place to be hearing from students about what they, what they do when they're in the classroom with their technology. And that's really interesting because um, in the news, if you watch the news, then you know that the province of Quebec has just banned phones for high schools and little schools uh, during class. I think a lot of the classes were doing that al already, but in, in Ontario there's progress towards that as well, or is it between region? I don't, I'm not sure how... There Ontario is legislation in Ontario that has existed since 2019, um, the actual administration of it, I believe, is left to the school boards. But generally speaking, the use of cell phones in the classroom for non-pedagogical purposes is not allowed in Ontario. And um, there's a yearly, large-scale, worldwide statistical tool that uh, the OECD countries are using called PISA, where 15-year-olds all do a test on reading, math, and science, and they collect this data to kind of check every year whether students are doing fine, and they do um, a little bit of side research as well, and they kind of looked at the use of mobile phone, and what they saw is that when students were using mobile phones, regardless of where they were in the world, their scores were slightly lower. Well, I wasn't involved in the research, so I don't really know exactly how it was structured or anything yeah. like that. I do know, having looked at the report, that mobile phones were one part of it and that their overall concern was really about the use of technology in general. And their right. primary point seemed to be around the fact that it's important that when technology is used, that it support learning. Right. You know, and they talked a lot about how, you know, there were fads of people starting to use all kinds of technology in the classroom that really didn't make a difference to learning or improve it. So I think that was their bigger picture. There is no doubt there's a lot of discussion around the world around cell phones in classrooms, but we know here at the university level that they can be used for pedagogical purposes Absolutely. in the classroom. Yeah, And students tell us that. Um, and a lot of what students told us that was of great interest to us was the fact that students have far more agency over their smartphones than we think they do. Oh. Um, you know, the popular media talks about the fact that everyone's addicted and everyone's uh, can't let go of their cell phones. What we found in our research, actually, when we looked at the numbers and we administered some of these same scales 
that are administered to measure addiction to smartphones and that kind of thing, or internet addiction. And what we found was that there was actually a fairly small percentage of students who seem to be using their smartphones to the extreme that some of the media talks about. And I've been following this for a couple of years now. And by and large, it's not, um, not, not the catastrophe that people make it out to be. Um, and in fact, what students told us is that they are aware of the fact that the smartphone can be a problem for them in the classroom or while they're studying, and that they use strategies to manage that use. So what strategies? I mean, Laura, you must use your phone because everybody uses their phone, right? During classes. What do you use it for? A lot of professors here, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but they'll take attendance by um, asking you questions through quizzes and stuff, and this is all done on the phone. There's platforms like WooClap, um, Mentee, I don't know, these are just some of the ones that I've, my professors have used. Or when I'm taking my notes, I do it on my laptop, um, or I do it on my iPad, whatever device I have. I feel like 90% of the time, if I'm using a device in class, it's for the actual learning itself. How about you, Janet? I agree. Um, because of the program that I'm in, there's a lot of um, writing, like math and chemistry. You do a lot of drawing, like you draw a lot of things instead of typing them out like you would in, say, like an English class. And you can see that in, you know how on iPads they have like what apps you use the most and how much screen time you have. You can see that the notes app or the app that I use to write my notes in is so much higher than it is for any other app. And I switched over to iPad because last year I used just like paper, like just pen and paper. And I noticed there was a lot of things that I, that would kind of put me behind a little bit if I were to use pen and paper than I were to use an iPad. Like the professor's like, okay, we finished this lecture, time to, to move on to the next one, but I hadn't printed those slides yet. So I have to kind of catch up later to catch up on those notes than I would have if I had technology. It just makes learning easier sometimes. And you, Duella? I can't really speak on technology such as iPads and whatnot in the classroom because I don't use an iPad. It's I'm still very a very strong supporter of pen and paper. But I think that in the context of smartphones, it's usually as a distraction from class, which I know is not a good thing, and I do try to manage it. But sometimes it'll be a little slow in the class, and I'll get a notification from my roommate or something about groceries, and then I go on and I play a game of Sudoku. And, you know, usually it's like word games and little math puzzles, which I guess are educational in their own way, but it's not... <laughs> the focus of the class, you know, it's not supporting me in the main goal of why I'm there in that moment. So I guess make of that what you will. Janet, you didn't mention mobile phones. Do you put it away completely or do you use it? Yeah, I, I try to put it away. Like during class, like it's pretty much the same experience as Joella. Like I'll try and put it away. But if it's a particularly dull lecture, then maybe it's like, Okay, maybe this isn't maybe this content isn't as pertinent as I think it should be, so maybe I'll go on it to pass the time. But when I'm studying, it is because studying is such like a self-motivated thing, like no one's there to say you have to study. You have such and such and shuts in a few weeks. So you kind of have to be like, okay, now my smart okay, now I have to kind of manage what use I'm 
using on my smartphone. Now I need to put it on silent, put it across the room. That's something that I have to do is like put it across the room and away from me because sometimes when it vibrates, even if I don't look at it, I still acknowledge that the phone has vibrated and my attention kind of shifts instantly to the phone instead of to what I'm doing. So, so I really like this l little discussion, right, of getting all the different experiences uh, with smartphone in class and outside of class as well. And what were the students saying in your study, Diane? Well, it's so interesting because they were saying some of the same things that we're hearing today. I mean, students are, you know, do have a number of strategies in which they manage their phones. So whether it's putting the phone away, turning off notifications, putting it in a bag or a coat. Um, during COVID, what they were telling us is they might be putting it in another room or even on a, a different floor so that they weren't as attracted to it. And I'm seeing heads nod here because that, that sounds familiar. <laughs> but this is not the picture of the, you know, addicted student that we keep hearing all the time. Um, so that was what was so interesting for us is that students are very much conscious of the use that they make of their smartphones. Um, one of the strategies they told us didn't work as well, though, was the whole idea of turning off notifications or um, putting limits on particular uh, apps. Because most, some of the students, the students who said when I analyzed this and did the, the thematic analysis, the students who said that they put limits on, on their apps often would then say, I tried, but after a couple of days, I had to over, I overrode the, 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 li the limit. Yeah, and I'm seeing heads nodding again. Um, so, you know, this is what we heard, and none of that is reflected in most of the research that we see. Um, the other thing that we found that was mentioned today is that students, even when students are very successful, in staying off their smartphones, there is one thing that will make them go back off, and that's boredom. So, you know, you referred um, in here to the fact that sometimes a, a class can get slow. The number of times that students told us, I'm good at staying off it, but if I get bored, I will look. That also tended to happen more often when students were at home during COVID. So there was a whole thing, even though we didn't specifically ask about that, because they were open-ended questions and students could comment on their experience. There were a number of students who told us that when they were in a classroom with other people around them, they seemed to be able to have better control over their devices. But when you're at home studying during COVID, where maybe your camera is closed, maybe there's no people around you, um, there isn't that sense of, well, they didn't refer to it as that, as that sense of responsibility from having other people in the room, they're far more likely to reach for their phones, particularly if it's boring. Um, and I ran into the word boring so often that I coded it separately. Right. So I think, you know, that tells you that what goes on in a classroom is a relationship as well. And it's a shared relationship between the students and everyone else in the class, including the professor. So um, this whole question around smartphone use is very interesting. And like you said as well, um, you know, there are pedagogical uses in the classroom. So some students told us, well, I don't use my phone except, 
And accept could be to look up a term that the professor mentions that they don't understand. Or, you know, using a mentipole or, or something like that to provide input. And one of the reasons I personally like using those technologies in class sometimes is because they engage everyone. You know, in any classroom, you may have, you know, half a dozen students who speak up on a regular basis. But if you give them a poll where anonymously they can tell you what they're thinking or respond, all of a sudden those numbers go out significantly. So there is the opportunity to engage more people through the use of technology <coughs> as well. Or students will tell us sometimes, because they're busy and they're trying to manage their lives, they use the classroom time to chat with people in their work group. You know, if they have to do an assignment for class and there's people sitting in the class who are, are there and will need to work with them, they will use their phone to do that. I found it interesting that you say students will go on their phones when they're bored. I can't remember what episode it was, but a few episodes ago we talked about managing studying in a healthy way that isn't like cramming or... And you mentioned this, and when you start to, when you're studying and you start to get like foggy minded and you're not really in it anymore, then you should take a break. But I notice this with myself is when I really want to just study all day, obviously that's not healthy just to study for like long periods of time. But when I notice I'm studying for like it's already been a few hours and I'm starting to get like not into the questions that I'm doing, I will go on my phone because it's starting to get boring. Like that's what's happening. But I notice that if I don't go on my phone, I go do something else, like I go outside or something, like or on a walk or something, then I'm interested in what I'm working on again. And that prevents me from going on my phone. I just thought that was an interesting link. That is interesting that that's your experience, yeah. So I had a similar thought to Janet. Um, I will sometimes go on my phone in class if I feel like I'm falling asleep. I don't know if you guys have the same experience, but if, it's, if the lecture hall is really dark and the, talk, the, the professor's voice is very calm and soothing, sometimes, you know, you feel like your eyes start to droop and you need that blue light to, like, it really wakes you up. So sometimes I'll just turn on my phone, I'll open it, and then I'll scroll through a couple notifications and then I can listen again. So I don't know if, if is that the same for you guys, Joella and Interesting. I, I relate to that as well. <laughs> There are legitimate uses of the smartphone in the classroom, and the students feel that they do use it for pedagogical purposes, you know, that they do employ a number of strategies to manage their use. So, you know, and this was, you know, our study was with 632 undergraduate students at the University of Ottawa. And, you know, they told us very much that, you know, that they're not what the media is reflecting around, you know, the rates of addiction and all of that in the classroom. So I think there's a lot of hope. And I think the fact that, you know, students themselves have all kinds of strategies to help manage their smartphone use. I'd like, you know, I think there's a place uh, for more research um, to look into that, to really look at things from the point of view of students and to look at the continuum potentially of the types of interventions now, I know Professor Bonville uh, would like to do research as well to look at the people who truly are addicted to see what could be done in terms of, um, you know, interventions to help, help them. Because in any classroom, there will be a, a small number of students 
um, who really can't get off their phones at all and who are dealing with that problem all day long. So how do we help those students as well? Uh, so, um, no, I know there is. he does have a funding submission for that and is hoping to do that specific research as well because then you're looking at all of the students in the classroom. That's been absolutely fantastic. If students wanted to have a resolution about their use of their phone, what strategy do you think the students have used might be the best strategy to kind of help yourself manage your phones? Well, we didn't rank any things in terms of best strategy. I mean, what we see is that there are a number of strategies that are used by students, which is great to know. Students have far more awareness of the fact that the smartphone can be a problem for them and that technology can be a problem for them. And flowing out of that awareness, they have developed a number of strategies of their own that they use to, to manage that use. Ultimately, it's up to the students to say what the best strategy is for them. But what we can do is share all the strategies we've heard about, not only with um, the students, but also with the broader community, with the, te- the professors and everything. And as I said, teaching is a shared responsibility. So, for example, if students are saying that they're bored and going on their cell phones more often, what can we do uh, in the classroom to make it more interesting for students as well so that they're less tempted to go on their phones? Absolutely. The comment about students going on their phone when they're bored really kind of related to a lot of what, like I was studying has always been like oh why do I go on my phone why do I go on my phone my phone's distracting me it's because I'm bored or that could be a major reason why is because I'm bored so if I'm bored maybe I can do something else to take a break from studying so that I can go back to it without having the phone as a distraction I think it's okay to go on your phone as a break until you start to get into like this endless spiral of just scrolling through content and stuff for example I find that I get distracted for longer periods of time um, if I'm studying on my own versus if I'm using my phone in class because in class it's it's normally like a really short break and then I know I have to zone zone in on the class itself again soon I don't know if that makes sense but if you have a set amount of time you give yourself to look at your phone um, I don't find that it's necessarily a bad thing to be using it I think one of the big reasons, though, that we get so sucked into phones for so long is the whole, like, instant gratification thing. I think that if it weren't so, you know, dopamine-inducing and gratifying on the spot, I think that if that weren't the case, then we would definitely use other strategies to distract ourselves in moments of boredom. But it's also just so easy. Phones are so easy to pick up, you know, like, you could flip open a book if you liked reading and read for three hours but i think that long term i don't think we get much pleasure from our phones but then definitely on the spot it's a lot more you know interesting oh what's going on on instagram things like that so i think um yeah i think if we can find ways to make ourselves more interested in other things then we could distract ourselves in other ways but that might not be a good thing either necessarily it's just pick your poison yeah i guess that's a good comment i mean it's easy it's cognitively not demanding at all and it's entertaining so you know 
I guess the other thing I was at is that our research was with university students. Yeah. So you know we're not we're not um, researchers that looked at elementary and secondary students. You know that could be a different discussion. But you know in university you're dealing with an adult population by and large. Most of the people who responded to our survey were between the ages of 17 and 21. I think about 90% of the students. You know, it's a population that can use strategies um, and do. Our research found that overwhelmingly they do. Thank you very much, Diane. That was really interesting. The use of smartphone has been talked about negatively quite a lot. I hope my students use it in my class to the benefit if they do use it to distract themselves when I'm boring, <laughs> I'm quite happy with that. So, uh, and it was super interesting resu- uh, research, and I hope that we'll hear more um, from the Bonneville lab in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me.